Welcome to this episode of the Global Good Fight. On today's show, what's happening in Senegal? The Pope goes to Iraq. What did Thai fishermen find worth over a quarter of a million dollars? And so much more. Let's go ahead and get into it. India's highest judge is stepping down after asking an accused rapist if he would marry his victim. He is alleged to have repeatedly raped when she was a minor. This comes courtesy of the New York Times. The victim accuses the man of stalking and having sex with her without her consent on numerous occasions. The judge, Justice Sharad Arvind Bobde, asked the defendant if he would marry her, prompting the public outrage and leading to his resignation letter. Authorities say a car bomb in the Somali capital Mogadishu has killed at least 20 people, injuring 30. This comes courtesy of the Hindustan Times. The explosive was set off late Friday outside a restaurant near the city's port. No one has claimed responsibility for the attack. Islamic militant group Al-Shabaab is known to carry out such attacks on a frequent basis in an attempt to destabilize the country. Thai fishermen returned to the shore on Tuesday, fearing they came up empty-handed, only to find out they scored the jackpot. This comes courtesy of Daily Mail. With their nets without fish in tow, the father and son pair noticed two strange chunks floating in shallow waters. They took the chunks on board, thinking it could be whale vomit, a highly sought-after excretion prized by perfume manufacturers. And after a university tested it, turned out they were right, netting over a quarter of a million dollars for the upchuck. Those were some of the headlines. Before we get to the Fast Five and analysis, let's hear a word from our sponsor. This week, it comes to us from Max Tracks. Are you a pope traveling to Iraq on a four-day trip to unite Christians and Muslims? Max Tracks got your back. Max Tracks has everything you and the Swiss Guard may need during your visit. They have a special offer right now called Max Tracks Iraq Pack. It includes everything from state-of-the-art 50 caliber machine gun mounted Toyota Tacoma trucks to armored bulldozers that can withstand the blast from an RPG. It's enough to establish your own Holy See Caliphate right in the homeland of Abraham. Max Tracks also has you covered when it comes to the coronavirus. Now every armored and armed vehicle you buy is capable of spraying disinfectant in the surrounding area. Max Tracks says bring people together by keeping them far away from you. APC Special Edition for Pope not for sale to general public. Max Tracks is not a government contractor. Max Tracks is located in a secluded Caribbean island for tax purposes. Max Tracks is not affiliated with Dazrax. All terms and conditions apply. See your local dealership for details. Now it's time for your Fast Five. Senegal has erupted into chaos after authorities arrested opposition leader Osmani Sonka on Wednesday on rape charges. This comes courtesy of Al Jazeera. On Thursday, protesters clashed with police over Sonka's arrest. His supporters see it as an attempt by President Macky Sall to shut down opposition ahead of elections in 2024. Police say one person has been killed in clashes so far. This is the worst unrest the country has seen in years. Senegal is seen as a stable country in the region compared to other West African nations. Number two, the International Criminal Court has announced it will begin investigating alleged war crimes in Palestinian territories. This comes courtesy of CNN. The investigation will focus on events that took place from June 2014 onwards. It's expected to focus on the Gaza war between Israel and Hamas. The ICC's prosecutor says they will look into war crimes committed on both sides. 
Wednesday's announcement was met by fury from Wednesday's announcement was met by fury from the U.S. and Israel. The U.S. State Department said the investigation unfairly targets Israel. The ICC ruled last month it has jurisdiction over Palestinian territories, a ruling Washington rejects. Israel is not a member of the International Criminal Court, and it argues Palestine is not a country and therefore cannot be a member. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu called the jurisdiction ruling anti-Semitic when it was announced. Number three, protests in Myanmar saw their deadliest crackdown from the country's military this week. The UN says security forces killed 38 people on Wednesday alone. That would be the deadliest day since the protests began. There is a growing number of calls from outside the country for Myanmar's military to give power back to the democratically elected government. This comes courtesy of AFP. The UN Special Envoy to Myanmar is warning against any moves to legitimize the military's rule. The statement comes after the United Nations got caught in countering claims of who the country's rightful ambassador to the UN is. And Reuters is reporting the US blocked attempts by the military to withdraw around $1 billion from an account in the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Myanmar's trading partners have stepped in as well. The Association of Southeast Asian Nations, known as ASEAN, held a meeting on Tuesday urging the military to release detained leader Aung San Suu Kyi in return to democratic rule. This is unlike ASEAN, who has it in their charter a clause against interfering in other member states. Number four, Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro tells people to stop being crybabies. This comes courtesy of NBC News. Bolsonaro on Tuesday told supporters enough fussing and whining over the coronavirus just as the country's death toll reached 260,000. Putting that into context, Brazil has the second highest number of fatalities in the world from COVID-19. Data from Johns Hopkins University shows he's saying that during a week when Brazil recorded its highest daily death count, reporting over 1,700 per day from Tuesday to Friday. As pointed out in The Guardian, however, this provocative statement could be a Trumpian way of distracting from criticism Bolsonaro is facing after his son bought a mansion local media says is worth over $1 million. That's not a lot in the U.S. real estate market, but comparatively, money goes a lot further in Brazil. In the moment you've been waiting for, number five, China has unveiled the draft of its next five-year plan. This comes courtesy of the Global Times. Lawmakers and policy advisors are meeting in Beijing and will hold discussions, including on the blueprint for the next five years, as well as through to 2035. Chinese Premier Li Keqiang presented some of the targets. Topping the list was green development goals and growing its domestic high-tech sector. The world was watching for the release of this five-year plan as a clue to how China will achieve its goal of peaking carbon emissions by 2030 and achieving carbon neutrality by 2050. But the details provided only said China aims to cut carbon emissions by 18%. Some observers say the details were scant. There have been numerous articles on how these are not enough for China to reach its pledges. One big part of this I would like to point out, however, is that the government is not setting its hopes too high for economic growth, only setting a target for this year of a 6% GDP increase. But without ensuring this growth is only sustainable, it's still in the air as to whether these coming years will be focused on increasing China's self-reliance on tech like semiconductors. This has been a key area where China has been beholden to the U.S., and dependence on a sector like semiconductors would allow Beijing to foster a tech industry without having to play the game of geopolitics. 
And that's it for your fast five. Today's analysis is what I mean by the West. It's in the description of the show. The Global Good Fight tells you stories from beyond the West. Kale, who came on the show before, raised this issue the other night, so I thought it'd be a good topic for centering the theory behind the show. If you look at a map with the Americas on the left, Asia and Oceania on the right, and Europe and Asia in the center, the West is something plainly clear. When you look at stories that discuss Western countries, what it typically means are the countries on the left side of the map in the Northern Hemisphere. These are countries like the US, Canada, France, and Germany. Now, it's hard not to notice these countries have one thing in common, namely, they're predominantly white. Now, white is a concept that is nebulous. The definition of what white is is the definition of what white is is something that has shifted over the centuries when it was first used. Just like white, the West is something that has been shifting in scope. For instance, Turkey. Is it considered to be in the West? Half of its capital is in Europe. It's a very modern country, and to a larger extent, with the exception of recent years, has prided itself on secularism. Australia and New Zealand are undoubtedly included as Western countries, despite being in the South Pacific, as far away from the West as you could possibly be. That probably has something to do more with its white colonial past. What about Japan and South Korea? These are two countries that share much of the same values as Western countries, such as freedom of expression and universal suffrage. Then what about countries in Central and South America, for example, that have functioning democracies? Well, despite these hard questions, there are some ways in which stories about these countries can be outside of the West, and one thing I would like to highlight is that journalism is not an empirical science. That's an episode all on its own. While there are rules, they're mere suggestions that could be disregarded depending on the story. And so in something like discussing if stories are outside the West, these are considerations that are made by gatekeepers. And here at the Global Good Fight, we have a crack team of gatekeepers ready to keep the gate. Yes, gatekeeping. This has been another episode of the Global Good Fight. Thank you so much for joining us. Smash that like button, even though there isn't one for podcasts, at least I don't think. This is Tim telling you to always remember to stay global. Global.